Welcome to Monticello Podcasts, where we look at various aspects of Monticello, Thomas Jefferson, and the work of the Thomas Jefferson Foundation, which has owned and operated Monticello since 1923. I'm Chad Woolerton, Monticello's webmaster. Plantation houses across the South often contain spaces devoted to various household tasks and the preparation, preservation, and storage of food and drink. These were often separate structures, or outbuildings, arranged near the main house. Such work areas at Thomas Jefferson's Monticello, called the Dependencies, were located mostly out of sight of visitors in the main house, as they were situated below the terraces and in the cellars. In late 2001, the Thomas Jefferson Foundation began a comprehensive restoration of the Dependencies, a project known as Domestic Life in the Plantation Community at Jefferson's Monticello. This restoration of architectural fabric, reinterpretation of the lives and work of enslaved individuals, and furnishings of individual spaces within the dependencies is informed by the same degree and intensity of research that has guided the interpretation of the main house and surrounding landscape. Drawing on nearly 20 years of accumulated plantation-related research, the restoration is being implemented with input from a team of experts at Monticello. This interdisciplinary collaboration brings together the expertise of curators, architectural historians, restoration specialists, architects, archaeologists, and historians to guide the work in the dependencies. Sean Tubbs reports. Flanking the main house at Monticello are two L-shaped wings topped with terraces that overlook magnificent mountaintop views. But down below are what Monticello's tour guides describe as the Dependencies, a series of important rooms in which slaves performed all of the necessary tasks for Jefferson's family and visitors to be fed and entertained. Jefferson described the slave activity as labor for my happiness, but he felt the need to downplay their presence. Justin Serafin is project coordinator of a multi-year effort to restore the dependencies to how they appeared after 1809. Monticello's dependencies form a U-shape, unifying the two office wings that branch out away from the main house with the all-weather passageway and cellars. The idea there was rather than a series of freestanding structures uh, out in a kind of service yard situation, Jefferson unified all of these spaces so that uh, they'd all be accessible uh, under cover, uh, but also that they would be somewhat kind of visually suppressed uh, and not immediately noticeable from the formal parts of, of the house. In fact, a visitor to Monticello could stand on the North Terrace, admiring the view to Charlottesville, while underneath his horse and carriage were being tended to. Serafin says the ongoing restoration of the downstairs cellars is part of the Thomas Jefferson Foundation's commitment to restore Monticello as it was almost 200 years ago. The first goal really is to uh, remove 20th century infractions from, uh, from these spaces, so to restore the built fabric in cases where it's been altered or incorrectly restored in the past. And so some of these spaces have required and will require architectural investigation uh, and then uh, rebuilding where necessary, rebuilding of particular elements. Serafin says the main goal of the work is to help the staff at Monticello better tell the stories of the slaves whose work kept the seed of the plantation running. For instance, the kitchen is located in the south wing, away from the main house to avoid the risk of fire, and to keep cooking smells from emanating upstairs. But the kitchen is also steps away from Mulberry Row and Jefferson's Vegetable Garden. 
fruits and vegetables uh, from the garden or the greater plantation, livestock, also foodstuffs that were being imported. All of that came from somewhere and required effort to make their way to the dependencies in the kitchen. And some of it would have been prepared in the smokehouse, which is toward the end of the South Wing. Serafin says an architectural detail designed by Jefferson is a reminder of the potential for theft by his slaves. There's a little vestibule of sorts whereby a slave could enter this vestibule, tend a fireplace, then the flue empties into the smokehouse. But there's also a door that prevents anyone from gaining access, actually, to what's inside. Just next to the smokehouse is the cook's room, which was the first room to open as part of the Dependencies Restoration Project in late 2001. The head cook lived in here, right next to the kitchen, in a small 12 by 12 room with her husband and at least some of their 10 children. The cook's room is is it's often intriguing to visitors because Edith Fawcett, the head cook, and also uh, Joseph Fawcett, uh, her husband, who was the head blacksmith, and uh, any number of the total of 10 children that they had. But of course, important for Edith to be right next door to uh, where she was spending the, certainly the better part of her day. The south wing is connected to the main house by an all-weather passageway that ran for approximately 150 feet to the bottom of the north stairway. Serafin says this united food storage and prep spaces and created a protected route that food would travel from the kitchen to the dining room. Slaves would have to transport cooked foods from the kitchen all the way down the passageway under the house to be dealt with in the uh, kind of final prep space, what we call the office, or what in late 18th century French arrangements would be called the office. Uh, and from there, the food would travel up uh, up one flight, uh, the north stair, to the revolving door outside the dining room. And guests would eat the food with little knowledge of how it was prepared. Wine would travel from the wine cellar by means of a dumbwaiter. One of the many restoration projects is to rebuild the device and to restore the original look of the cellar. Serafin says his team is performing archaeological and architectural investigative work to look for evidence of shelving or bins for storing bottled wine. Didn't really find evidence of that, but found plenty of uh, broken wine bottle glass, which I suppose makes sense. Uh, but the space uh, will be restored, uh, much like uh, much like the beer cellar is, in, the, in that there'll be a platform. You'll be able to actually walk from the passageway out into the space. Uh, it, of course, it's a sunken cellar, so this is a raised platform. You're actually sort of above... Uh, in and above the room, as it were. If the south wing of the dependencies is set up to produce great meals, the north wing was designed to handle the many visitors Jefferson received at Monticello. Basically, with Monticello's never-ending string of visitors and guests, uh, it's really sort of their parking area, as it were. Which means that they're not constructed entirely to Jefferson's intended design. Future reconstructions will address that fact. Likewise, the restoration of the Ice House illustrates some of the challenges Seraphin's team has to contend with while revisiting the work of architectural reconstruction. It's a, a round, uh, subterranean structure that uh, drops down, I think, 16 feet from the, the level of the office wing. And it would have housed a supply of snow and ice that, that would have lasted just about through the summer.
The ice house was reconstructed. The roof of it was done in 1938. Within the lifetime of those who worked on that ice house roof, uh, they were aware of a letter that was a Jefferson letter that was discovered uh, that actually described, laid out in detail exactly how he wanted the ice house to be built, complete with a little plan section of the roof structure. A lot of uh, the work that that was done, a lot of the early restoration work that we've since uh, proven uh, to be in, in, incorrect or wrong. It's hard to fault, you know, the the scholarship and, and research of of, uh, of that previous work, uh, simply because we just we have access to that much more material now. There's more research because the Thomas Jefferson Foundation has been studying Jefferson's correspondence and papers, allowing scholars to understand more of his intent on things political, cultural, and architectural. Seraphin's work is informed by this deeper sense of Jefferson's wishes, made possible by years of research by the foundation. The the organization of the dependencies is pretty unique, uh, it, and Jefferson certainly very heavily influenced by the uh, Renaissance architect uh, Palladio, uh, 16th century architect Andrea Palladio, Italian. Uh, Jefferson owned his four books of architecture, uh, and in it, uh, uh, Palladio, uh, there were several plans that uh, plans for uh, villas uh, with with their service or support structures arranged in similar types uh, of kind of embracing arms. Uh, so it's a very functional uh, design, and it unifies all of these spaces in one long circuit that's all under cover. After Jefferson's death and during subsequent periods of use, his vision for the dependencies and the greater functionality of Monticello began to fade. The various rooms began to be used for other purposes. For instance, the location of the newly restored kitchen was once used as a gift shop and post office. In some cases, the archaeological record has been lost due to insensitive changes to the original built fabric. These were spaces that just simply weren't considered to be nearly as important as the uh, as the main house uh, these were these are spaces that one associates with slavery uh, and for uh, until you know the past 20 years or so uh, these were topics uh, that really simply weren't discussed uh, and so it's changing mu- museum ideology uh, really that that has, turned emphasis and kind of shifted focus into really looking at these spaces and looking at how they play an integral role in telling the story of how this place, this plantation as a whole, actually functioned. The Dependencies Restoration Project is charged with turning back the clock 200 years so visitors can better